Hey, so, uh, so I'm turning 50 in a couple days and, uh, didn't really think that that would happen for a variety of reasons. When I was on my way to 25, I didn't think I would make it to 25 as a young black man in America. Now that I'm turning 50, I'm just in awe that I'm almost 50 and probably feel better than I did when I was 25. So uh, I see people sometimes on social media will say, hey, cash at me or PayPal me a love offering for my birthday, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I've never believed in doing that. But hey, you only turn 50 once. So I'm going to put it out there. I'm turning 50. And if that's something that you want to do, um, you know, for your boy who you may or may not have ever met, well, maybe one day when things get a little bit better and we're able to travel more and be in front of each other a little bit more. But uh, I'll drop the uh, the links in the bottom. And I'm talking real slow because I feel kind of awkward doing this. I'll drop the show links in the notes below. And, you know, if you're feeling generous or whatever, you know, please feel free. Um, and I will never ask for anything like that again unless it's for the podcast i will never ask for anything for me but you know i figured hey why not you only turn 50 once i mean you only turn every age once but you only turn 50 once so let me just put it out there and ask thank you previously on the dating after divorce survival guide and although i was looking great in athletic gear i was not looking good in regular clothes so she said is it me or is it hot i said it's hot but we're dancing makes sense yeah i mean it's like really hot do you feel that do you feel that she pointed up at the ceiling fans and i said eh, i mean yes and no fan is on but you know we're dancing we're around other people that are dancing too so it's hot because we're dancing surrounded by other people that are dancing and generating heat yeah i don't know i feel like the ac should be up a little higher uh okay a day after that she got back to me and she said okay cool here's her number Good luck. And I was very happy. Yes! Napoleon Dynamite style. Yes! Alright, baby girl, be good. Listen to your mother. Do what she says. I love you. Baby girl told me she loved me, gave me a hug, ran up the stairs to her room. How was everything? Good as always. Have fun this week. You have a minute? Sure. I stopped. My eyes widened a bit. I followed her through the kitchen into the living room, and then I sat down on the couch on the chaise. On my, my favorite part, the part I had dubbed Ericlandia when we were married. I guess some old habits are. Hard to get over, or old habits die hard, something to that effect. So what's up? So Eric, you really inspired me when you took baby girl to Destin for spring break. That was just so cool. So you know, this year when she and I went to Vegas, actually Arizona and Nevada for spring break, we had such a good time and we had so many good conversations and I felt like we connected so well and she just was so into everything. 
you know, the Grand Canyon and all of that stuff. I said, yeah, I, re- I remember you telling me and I remember the pictures. I, I want to continue on that path and do, you know, experience over over things. So for this Christmas, I'm taking the kids to Paris. I'm sorry, say what? I mean, you you going to ask me? I mean, come on, you know I'm not like you know, we we're not. We don't we don't have to do that. Don't don't we? I immediately thought in my head if I casually sprung on my ex that I was taking the kids to Paris or Bangladesh or Aruba or anywhere. And I actually remember when I did take her to Destin, she said she'd appreciate a heads up before, you know, the date was upon us. Now, I guess she was doing that, but, you know, crossing international waters is like a little bit of a different thing. It's not like she sounded like she had already done it and I was just going to have to suck it up. But I paused and there was more. So, Eric, I was thinking that whether I have someone at the time or whether you have someone at the time, you know, we could just go as a family. Um, I know that things are a little tough right now and you might need some help. So I'm perfectly fine with helping with flight and, and lodging. I mean, it's nothing you even have to pay me back for. And I think it would just be a good idea. And, and the kids would love it and it'd be something that they'd remember forever. I looked at the TV and nothing that was on the screen was registering. I honestly just started thinking about myself, thinking about how I didn't have enough money so that this was a conversation a woman felt comfortable having with me. I don't have any hang-ups over a capable woman, but I had a whole world of hang-ups over the fact that I was not capable. Not as capable as her, but capable, period. I've been wearing damn near the same clothes every day. Hadn't bought a new pair of shoes in who knows how long. I didn't go anywhere. I didn't do anything. All I did was use the pennies that I was scraping together from freelancing to pay bills and stay ahead and keep my house. Even as a freelancer, I knew so many sisters, black women freelancers here in Atlanta, Georgia, that were just getting the bag, as they say. They were making so much money off of like what looked like small deals. And they had me in my feelings as well because either they had mastered the art of the deal, which is something that I just did not think that I could do at the time, or they were lying. But either way, I did not have the luxury or even the headspace to consider going somewhere, let alone Europe, for Christmas. The only place that I was going on a consistent basis was Chicago to check in on my ailing father and to try to beg and convince my mother whose health and wellness appeared to be very much in a rapid decline. All I did was visit them. Destin was the first time I had ever done anything for myself in who knew how long. It was the first trip that I did without prompting from, you know, someone that was grown that I was trying to look good in front of. The year before that, the first year of our divorce, we went as a family, in air quotes, to Disneyland out in California. And that trip was a nightmare because I was a nightmare. I was in charge of the lodging. And what did I do? I got one-bedroom suites thinking baby girl would end up on the couch, only for me to end up on the couch. I figured it would be a way to, like, show my ex that I was on and popping. I had it going on. And she spent 
all of her time either talking to our daughter or texting on her phone. And the only time she talked to me was when she was asking me what I thought about us doing next. I didn't enjoy myself. My boys said it was not a good idea. And I promised myself I would never be in the same space with her again like that. Because back then, it was because that situation was messed up and so on and so forth. But I wasn't right either. I wasn't cool or casual or detached enough to be in the same space with her and not be in my feelings. Whether those feelings were feelings for her or feelings against her. It was just too raw and too new. Given our history and given what we went through when we separated. But in the back of my mind was a seed, as are most back of mind thoughts. I was like, it would be pretty dope if I could bring a badass chick with me to Paris and get a badass room and give the kids an option to crash with me and put the full flex on and be up in there in a striped shirt wearing a beret talking about baguettes. I know that would be a flex. (laughs) The things we do when we are worried about what other people think about us. The things we think when we are thinking about what people might be thinking about us. And as my mama used to always say to me as a child, which probably was not the right thing to say to me as a child, boy, ain't nobody thinking about you. Actually, that's not really something that you should say to somebody because then, well, at that age, because then you start thinking that no one is thinking about you and that you don't matter. But the essence of those words are don't put your thoughts into someone else's thoughts because typically what you're thinking of is what you think that this other person is thinking of you. And unless you're some kind of mystic, That is wholly impossible until they tell you. And more times than not, they don't. And more times when it does come out, you find out to your detriment that they weren't thinking anything that you were thinking that they were thinking about you. Say that a few times and see how it goes. So I left her house thinking, hmm, maybe, but probably not. Welcome to the Dating After Divorce Survival Guide. After getting his master's degree and getting cursed out, his second master's in getting kicked out, Eric Payne decided to pursue his doctorate in getting his life right and staying in his own lane. But upon getting all his degrees, he realized he was a fish out of water in this new dating landscape. Eric was 28 years old when he met his ex-wife and was newly divorced at 43. The world had changed considerably since the days of StarTech beepers, Motorola flip phones, and Yahoo Chat. It is vicious out here in these new streets where taking pictures of yourself all day long with a phone and posting them on the internet is actually a thing. The Dating After Divorce Survival Guide is the story of Eric's journey from love and marriage to divorce to dating to hopefully love and marriage once more. So looking at the number that my friend gave me, For the woman that was dressed in all black like the omen, I decided to give her a call. By the time I got done doing what I was doing, whatever it was that I was doing, it was late. So I decided to send a text, because that was the polite thing to do. You don't reach out to somebody late. So I text her, hey, this is Eric. I saw you at such and such's birthday party, and you gave me your number through her. A little late. What would be a good time to call you? Waited, waited. And if I didn't hear from her, that's fine. I mean, she was definitely interested, so it'd be all good. Oh, oh, okay. Started seeing the three dots. Response came back. Hey, I just finished up a run. I'm gonna take a shower and hop into bed. 
Why don't you give me a call in the morning? We can talk while I head into work. Oh, okay. That sounds cool. So I went to bed that night a happy man. I mean, why not? I had something to look forward to the next day. As always, I was up bright and early because I'm a morning person. And then I was especially up bright and early because I had a baby girl with me. And I wasn't one of those type of parents that ran behind and then stressed my kid out because I was running behind because they weren't moving too fast. Because my thing is like, look, they're not adults. And why would I why would I impose my rushing onto them? I hate being rushed. I don't like being rushed. I like being on time. Whether I'm hit or miss on being on time, I don't like feeling the pressure of being rushed. It dates back to my own childhood. Whatever. So, I was up early to give my daughter the opportunity to take her time to get ready. And she always took too much time. She always took that takes took and takes that to the hilt. So she is rushing. But she's not rushing because of me. She's rushing because she's dilly-dallying. She's being dainty. She's doing whatever it is that she does when I give up on trying to get her out of the house at a decent time. So I give old girl a call on the way from home from dropping her off from school. And my routine, because I was between things, was I'd take my daughter to school. I'd go to a local coffee shop where I pretty much knew everybody in there. And I sat and I worked. I applied for jobs. I worked on my own personal stuff, my dream stuff, whatever that was. My little freelance stuff that I was doing on the side. Well, I was doing it full time because there was no side. I did all of this out of a coffee shop, a couple of coffee shops there in my neighborhood. And me and a bunch of coffee shop dudes, as I called them, rotated ourselves around. Whether that was spending a whole day at one, spending a day in half, spending the rest of the day at home, spending a day in a couple of them. It was just that kind of thing. So I'm driving from my daughter's school and I give her a call. Hey, how you doing? This is Eric. Good morning. Hey, Eric, how are you? It's good to finally get to meet you or good to finally meet you over the phone. <laughs> What was that thing about the pictures? There was a big chuckle on the other end. I mean, I don't know. Your pictures look really staged. I'm I'm just saying, like, I wanted to see what you looked like when you weren't, you know, in the middle of a photo shoot. So I explained to her what my deal was with my wedding photographer. Oh, so you were married? I was. Me too. Are you still married? Ha, <laughs> you funny boy. You got jokes. Nah, I'm I'm divorced. I'm divorced. We weren't married for long. He checked out early. I've been single ever since. Oh, how old are you? 36. Oh, that's cool. I'm 46. So, how is it out here for you in this dating thing? Uh, You know, it's, it's, it's a lot. You know, I was in a situation for a minute, but he don't know how to act. He don't know what he wants. And she rather quickly began to impart on me everything that happened or at least the major stuff that happened between her and her ex-boyfriend. She didn't have any children, but she told me she wanted them. And that, of course, was right up my alley. Speaking of kids, when she was with me, I made it a point to have dinner with my daughter every night at the dinner table. She wasn't necessarily a fan of it, but it was our opportunity to spend time together, to talk, to download the day, to talk about celebrities, to sing songs, like, you know, soundtracks and stuff that she liked, whatever, or, you know, Sometimes we argued. One random night in particular, the subject of dating came up. And I ain't bring it up. Not her dating, but our dating. Not our dating as me and her mother, 
but as an hour dating, her mother dating people, and me dating people. So she says to me, I don't want you dating anybody, Dad. Well, why not? Because I don't want you to. Well, your mother dates people. Yeah, I know, and I don't like it. But she does. Yeah, and I don't like it. Okay, well, I mean, your mom doesn't get to be happy. I don't get to be happy. No, neither one of you get to be happy. Okay, so in your mind, what happens? Well, you keep raising me, you get old, and I'm going to make a lot of money. And when I get my mansion, I'll just move you into one of my rooms. Or you can even have a whole part of the house. And there you can grow old. I'll take care of you until you die. What? Little girl, that by far is the worst thing that I have ever heard. I don't want that on me. Don't put that on me. I don't want that. I don't want that. I don't want to live with you. I don't want to be old in some room by myself while you, like, feed me vegetables. I don't want any of that. I don't want that. Ah. You can't date nobody. You can't date anybody, Dad. You can't date anybody. You cannot date anybody. Okay. Okay. All right. I, I don't know how your mom gets to, but I don't. Well, she done already did that, and I can't do nothing to stop her. I ain't really feeling that anyway, and I don't even know why she does in the idea that things don't work out. I don't, I don't know how long it's going to take for her to figure things out, that maybe she's the problem. I had to clench my jaw to keep from laughing. I didn't know the facts. I didn't care to. But my daughter was speaking the truth. For anybody and everybody that finds themselves in a situation where something is constantly not working out. Well, that's harsh. But it's true, Dad. And almost everyone that she dates looks like you. Okay, so first of all, no. I mean, having a bald head? No. They have bald head. They have your disposition. You know, they're kind of like mellow. But they just, uh, I am thoroughly insulted right now because I don't feel that any of these people look like me. But okay, it's cool. Listen, whatever you say, I'm, I'm not going to fight you on this. But it was definitely something that was going to have to be completed at a later date. now back to the other story. She didn't sound too attached. She didn't sound anything close to the way I used to sound when I was talking about my ex-wife. So I could check that off as her being safe. About 15 minutes into our conversation, she announced that she was getting close to work and didn't want to lose me in her parking garage. Oh, that's cool. That was good talking. Well, no, what I can do is I can call you when I park. You park? Okay. I mean, sh uh, sure. Whatever. Whatever you want to do. I mean, it, I can talk to you later. No, no, no. Let me call you back. It's not going to be a big deal. I'll call you in a few minutes. Okay. All right, cool. A couple of days ago, I dropped a bonus episode called Dating in My 40s. It's a little bit more on the serious side of things. It is actually the audio narration of an article that I wrote for Medium. If you haven't listened to it already, please just go one episode back and give it a listen, please. If you like, if you want to hear a different side of things and understand with a little bit better context or a little bit more real life context, not that this isn't real life, but of the pain that I kind of 
went through and overcame to get to where I am now to be able to tell the story that I'm telling you every couple of weeks the way I tell it without any kind of like sour grapes or whatever. So hope you check it out. Well, that was refreshing. We had plenty to talk about. She was just talking, 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 talking. That was cool. And I went on about my business feeling nice. It's nice to talk to somebody new, someone pretty, someone who might put some pep back in my step. Not that my step needed pep, but, you know, a shot in the arm, a new love, opportunity, blah, blah, blah. About 15 minutes later, she called me back. I was like, oh, she actually did call me back. And I heard footsteps and the sound of traffic and outdoor stuff and cars going back and forth. And she said, yeah, I had to park and put my stuff down and then I'm going to pick up some breakfast. So what do you do? I'm in finance. I also do the books for my church. Okay, church girl, look at you doing the books for the church, taking all the money out the collection plate. You putting it all in the safe, right? You got mad jokes. She proceeded to tell me about the tree she was passing under. A woman walking with her dog. She talked to the dog. She went to the restaurant. I guess she had headphones on. She went to the fast food spot. It wasn't a restaurant, it was a fast food spot. And then she ordered chicken minis. They call them hash browns, but they're tater tots. And a fruit cup, I believe it was, and some coffee. And she proceeded to narrate who was online. Child, this woman here. Child, I can't believe this. Child, this badass kid. Hmm. This is interesting. Okay. So she proceeded to narrate most of her journey back to her office. And I said, well, listen, I'm going to let you go. I need to get started with my day as well. And uh, let's talk again, okay? And she said, yeah, definitely. This was nice. Talk to you later. Have a great day. You too. Maybe Paris was becoming a possibility after all. You've been listening to the Dating After Divorce Survival Guide. Thank you for listening. Please check out the show notes below for all of my links. Follow me on Instagram at Eric L. Payne and Dating After Divorce Survival. That's uh, the Instagram for my actual podcast. I'm working on building that up. If you haven't subscribed already, hey, what are you doing? You're missing out on stuff. Subscribe. Spotify, Apple, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Pocket Cast. I mean, pretty much everything. Wherever you listen, please subscribe. And please also follow the playlist, which includes the music that inspires and drives this podcast and the real life story that inspired it. All of that is listed in the show notes below. As always, be authentic, be incredible, be amazing, be great, be all that you can be. Not like that commercial, be all that you can be in the army, be all that you can be know that you matter know that you have value know that you will get better as long as you work towards getting better and if you want to get better know that your efforts are not in vain when it comes to working on you know that it's okay to not be perfect know that it's okay to make mistakes know that it's okay to not be a finished product know that it's okay to make mistakes along the way and please 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 be 100% authentically you.